Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, spiritual healing from trauma and abuse for empaths, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, spiritual mentor and author, and I'm empowering empaths in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse and childhood trauma through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. Today, I wanted to talk about toxic breadcrumbs, the toxic behavior of the narcissist when you're dating. Because even though you might be awake to the fact that you're with one or you are just about to leave one or you've already left, chances are you will run into another. And if we haven't completely rewritten everything that, quite frankly, has been established in our childhood, the patterns and the behaviors that we thought were normal, but they're really not normal. And all that stuff takes a lot of time to rewrite and to heal and to shift. So chances are you probably will be running into some other narcissists in your dating. And I want to make sure that when you're ready, are not going to be falling for that trap again. So the toxic breadcrumbing behavior is very similar to this intermittent reward. It really triggers the anxious attachment style within us empaths when we're dealing with narcissists. We have had childhood trauma. We have had abandonment feelings and issues. So some of us may have this anxiety and they pick up on that and they go, oh, Oh, yeah, this one's an easy one. This will be fun. And so it's just a common thing they do with anyone, though. Not, I mean, you could have a totally different attachment style. Um, but this breadcrumbing is like an intermittent reward, the reward system. And I heard someone talking about this study about these pigeons. And I'm going to share it with you. But before I do that... So the breadcrumbing is similar to an experiment that the National Library of Medicine has reported by Stephen B. Kendall. And the date on our reference here is May 21st, 1974. Two experiments were conducted demonstrating that under certain conditions, pigeons may peck at a higher rate on a key that produces intermittent reinforcement following a delay than on one that always produces reinforcement following the same delay duration. In both experiments, the chain of schedules were employed. In experiment one, a single peck on one key led to a white light and a delay of 15 seconds, which always terminated with food. A peck on the other key led to its illumination by one of two colored lights and a delay period of 15 seconds, the delay was followed by either food presentation or timeout, either one lasting three seconds. In a control group, the lights on this key were not correlated with food or timeout. Under the correlated stimuli, birds more often pecked the key leading to intermittent reinforcement, the one that didn't always produce food right away. Whereas with uncorrelated stimuli, They pecked the key leading to the white light and 100% reinforcement. So in experiment two, 
the variable intervals schedules were employed in the first link. The results show generally that the relative rate was higher on the key leading to intermittent reinforcement when the stimuli were correlated with reinforcement and timeout than on the key with 100% reinforcement. There was some indication that this performance was affected by the duration of the delay, percentage of reinforcement of the key yielding higher percentage of reinforcement, key that had the white light always giving food and prior experimental condition. So what they were examining was this behavioral contrast. And I think it's really interesting that in 1974, they were doing experiments on this, when now in 2023-22, this whole narcissistic behavior of gaslighting, this particular one we're talking about is breadcrumbing, has coming about. And what that really means is that breadcrumbing or like the future faking is, let me describe to you, those who intentionally act in misleading ways may do so for attention, validation, or control, or to get the fun parts of the relationship without having to commit. Stringing a person along keeps someone from looking elsewhere for a more stable and reliable and real connection and remain hopeful and focused in on them. And that's Vermani from an article about breadcrumbing. And this is so true. Like this breadcrumbing completely correlates to this 1974 study about these pigeons and the behavioral study about how I think it, it translates to us as humans. We receive a reward sometimes with the narcissist, especially when they're getting what they want out of it. They're using us. They're, you know, just kind of pulling, pick, picking and choosing parts of the relationship they want. And then they promise us a vacation or they promise us a, a present or whatever our desire is, right? They ask us these really probing and intimate questions quick and fast and right away. And then they use that against us by, by stringing us along, laying down those little, you know, I imagine the, the, the gumdrops leading up to the castle, the Hansel and Gretel castle, which was the evil witch was inside, right? So this leading you along and this behavior is just like the intermittent uh, reward system with the pigeons. So sometimes they got food, sometimes they didn't. And so since the reward did arrive, when it didn't arrive, it gave the pigeon and it gives us humans and empaths with narcissists anxiety and like chasing and chasing and hitting that pedal for the reward or texting that narcissist or continuing to connect with them in order to get that reward again, because it does come eventually, um, but it doesn't, oh, it's not always consistent. And this is the tricky thing. You think, well, it's there. It's in there. I will get, you know, love from them occasionally. And it's just enough for you to stay, right? Instead of moving on and looking for someone else and actually finding real connection. And all the other times when they're ignoring us, when they're discarding us, or when they're 
going off with someone else and cheating on you, that is obviously the, the part of the experiment where the food does not drop when the, uh, the key was hit by the, the pigeon. And it causes the pigeon to peck at it more and more and more. It's this reverse psychology, I guess. And so the trick for us in pass is to instead of hitting the key more and more, instead of chasing after someone who doesn't truly care about you, who cannot provide just due to their own lack of emotional intelligence, cannot provide you the love that you need and desire. So you need to stop chasing that. I know you have to, it's hard. You have to start pecking at that. The key, stop. Don't talk to me. I don't know what that trending line, the song is on YouTube, but that's kind of been our song we've been singing and dealing with some interesting behavioral issues with other colleagues that we're having to deal with here in our house. So that is it. So how do you, okay, great. That's easy, Raven. Um, you know, stop hitting the key. But what if they're continually giving you that little hint that they love you or they took you on a vacation or whatever? How long does it last is always my thing. And can it be consistent? You have to really pause and evaluate the behavior. Unfortunately, you can't just trust their behavior at face value anymore. You have to use your discernment and your, your intuition. And you have to pause and really go you know, how often have they been consistent? Have they truly been here with my best intentions in front of me? And usually with narcissists, the answer is no. They're always out for themselves. They are so self-centered. I think we're all in a way self-centered, but the narcissist doesn't have that empathy to be able to, you know, kind of quote-unquote sacrifice their self-serving ego or agenda in the moment to provide that safety. And sometimes, it, I mean, it's not even always sacrifice that has to be done in order to show up for someone you love because it's just what you do. You have it fully within you because you are confident within yourself and you've filled your cup up. And so you're like, yeah, I'm here. I'm happy. I'm at peace. I can provide, you know, whatever my partner needs. But when the narcissist is always so insecure, they're never happy. They're never at peace. They're always making sure they look perfect to cover up their anxiety and insecurities on the inside. So there's no capacity. There's no room to be able to drop the guard or just do something nice for someone on a consistent basis all the time because then that will open up the door to not being able to. Um, It'll open up the door to the wounds that they're hiding. It'll open up the door to their imperfections that they can't admit that they have. And humans are not perfect. So that's just something that sometimes we have to learn through or laugh through versus blaming someone else. That's something that we all did as kids, right? Maybe even in our 20s. But now it's time to take responsibility and grow up and stop blaming everyone for everything and provide consistent love and care for yourself as well as for others. So how do we do this for ourselves as impacts? 
I love always, I'm just talking about consistent love and care. Connecting with your inner child is a really powerful way to connect to yourself because a lot of times we have had difficulty or we haven't gotten what we needed as a child. And practicing the inner child meditation is an incredible way for you to reparent yourself, to show up for yourself, and to heal those wounds because it's amazing how a single thing can happen in our childhood and it can be carried on through the rest of our lives if we don't heal that we don't spend time and go you know what i got you it's okay and to dissolve that pain from the past so you can let go of it and the inner child meditation is a very powerful meditation that can lead you down that path and i do have that on the youtube channel empath healing with human design and i also have the inner child meditation in my first book empath and the narcissist and my second book tried to incorporate that because it's a really important practice to have so i'll read you just a clip on page 69 the inner child meditation you can practice this meditation auditorily with me on this podcast as well empath rising podcast empath and the narcissist it now is going back to the original podcast name and it's in season five episode 85 easier yet you can even go to ravenscott.show forward slash com to practice with me and if you are listening on audible you can bookmark the spot of the book and you can practice this meditation in a safe environment not while driving so you're going to find a quiet place and you're going to start to commence into the meditation with me. And this I'll be recording for Audible soon, but the transcript is also recorded in the Empath and the Narcissist Audible book. It doesn't have beautiful music behind it, but it is there for you to go through as I read it. I absolutely love this meditation because it just takes you to a magical place it takes you to healing it takes you to quiet it takes you to nature and it lets go of all of the expectations all of the hurt all of the trauma the past trauma whatever your parents were holding on to and unintentionally forced upon to you you're allowed and you're able to let go of that in this meditation so I think that's key, really key to be able to find yourself grounded within yourself to then develop this like, I don't need to keep hitting the key and getting that emotional hit from you or validation or love or dreams come true kind of a fairy tale. Our peace and our stability comes from within our own self. When we ground within ourselves and we let go and we stop listening to everything outside of ourselves, that is where you're going to find your deepest peace. 
And the inner child meditation allows you to find that. And if you've heard me talk about this before and you're like, yeah, I did that. That was really great. I encourage you to practice it again. I would say there's no limits to how often you can spend time with yourself because our relationship with ourself is just like any other relationship. It grows stronger. It grows deeper and wiser with time. And the more time you spend in relationship with yourself in a nurturing way, not a vain way where the narcissists are always trying to cover themselves up and have a deflated sense of self. This is a true connection to like your energy within, your soul self. And that relationship will strengthen everything. It will strengthen your boundaries. It will strengthen your resolve, your intuition, your discernment, your patience, your love. I, I mean, I'm only speaking from personal experience here. This is why I can rattle off all these because it's that's what it's done for me. It's provided such a great stable base for me to even handle the really difficult people in my life that I still have that I'm not going to go no contact or not, you know, or not, not talk to. And it's also allowed so many other tools, but on top of that, this being my own child, it's allowed me to forgive myself and to let go of all the shame that I had for what's happening. I just interviewed an anger specialist, and we're going to be talking about sacred anger in a few episodes. And that's really something that was part of my childhood was this really big emotions, my open solar plexus and my deep feeling of everybody. And I would just explode to the point that I think, you know, I truly feel it's one of our biggest blocks is, and I feel subconscious about it. It's like my sister still thinks that I have a really big temper because that's all she knows. And then she left and she did her own thing. And we haven't really had a relationship. So she doesn't really know me. She only like sees me as a angry person because of all the temper tantrums as a child. So when you're going through things like that, right? Like it can also help in releasing my shame and my guilt around those things that I couldn't handle. And then I felt shame and guilt because then I was sent to my bedroom. And so you have all of that still within you probably from your childhood things like that that are just stuck in your psyche and once you're able to give yourself space and to to actually carve out time to release those things that is where that healthy relationship to yourself is where the power lies because then you can stop hitting the key like i said i'm going to say it again so when you are within yourself and your own power you don't need to text them. Going no contact is not painful anymore because it's like, oh yeah, I don't get my love and my acceptance from them, from them saying all the things to keep me wrapped around their little finger because it's false. It's not true. It's not deep. It's not true love. They're getting their needs met for whatever reason they're using you for. And you can stop being pulled into that trap with the narcissist. And when you start dating, you're going to see it right away. You're going to be like, Nope, not going on a second day with that one. And then you can just stop responding to the texts if they keep hounding you because what for whatever reason. Well, they won't because they'll sense you're like, no, 
not even gonna, you're not buying into their BS. And so that's why I wanted to talk about the breadcrumbing and that experiment, the behavioral experiment is if we are not really tuning into our own power, then we're just gonna act like animalistic pigeons, always hitting that key, hoping and praying and having anxiety over when the next reward is gonna come from the narcissist. If you are not making a conscious decision, then your brain automatically operates in its conditioned subconscious patterns. And that's why it's so important to spend time in these meditations and exercises and understanding who you truly are at an energetic level in order to rewire the brain to be more conscious so you can make conscious decisions. So that is all that is the meditations are available for you there and all the information about human design and shadow work with Inanna, the goddess, is in the new Empaths Guide to Rising Strong book. It truly is a human design guidebook for your self-discovery, but it's also a companion guidebook for healing from narcissistic abuse. It's very spiritual just like my first book. And you can grab that on Amazon today. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to the end of this podcast episode and being an empath member here in the community. Don't forget to grab your free 10-day Overcome Pain from Narcissistic Abuse audio series. The link is in the show notes. Upon this, you will become a member of the Empath Newsletter community. Please share this episode with a friend. Follow my blog at ravenscott.show and leave a comment in a blog post. I love hearing from you. Be sure to listen to the Empath and Narcissist Audible book, or you can grab your paperback on Amazon. It is a profound exploration of my specific journey and healing, providing you with tools for healing as well. And you can buy my new book now, the follow-up Human Design Workbook, containing all the tools for healing and an in-depth understanding of human design, Empath's Guide to Rising Strong, in paperback on Amazon. And your review on the book at this time is imperative for its success. Please leave a review. If you are on the newsletter list, Look out in your inbox for presents and surprises of my gratitude for your help. The link is in the show notes.